All right there, horror nutballers. My name is Paul Waller, not Weller, and I'm on holiday right now, but this is still a year in horror. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. 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 This is Paul from the past. I know that right now you're probably expecting the 1981 Big Hitter episode, and I am halfway through putting it together. But just like last year when this happened, I haven't had the time to do the episode justice, so instead I will be putting up eight individual episodes instead. It would be crappy of me if I released a half-hearted episode for any year, especially one as massive as 1981. So, yeah, things are going to be back on track next month. I promise you, it's a little blip. It's a blip. Why will I not be completing the simple monthly task that I have? I have just one job, remember, when it comes to a year in horror, just to do a monthly show. Well, I was meant to be in Paris, visiting the catacombs, visiting museums, and eating lots of wonderful pastries. But Eurostar trains no longer stop at Ashford, so rather than spend a couple of hundred more pounds rearranging travel and losing more time, what myself and Claire have done, we've booked a week's stay at a hotel in London, and I'll be exploring the horror treats there. Plus, I'll be visiting museums and eating pastries. Just getting a lot more smoggy. Now, you've clicked onto this one. Thank you for that. These chats, they're going to be plucked out of various big hitter episodes and given their individual space just to breathe. If you didn't catch it last time I did it, a little bit about them. Each will be about a specific movie and have a specific guest. And as you can see from the front cover uh, and the notes, you'll know what that is. Again, thanks for clicking on the episode, spending more time with my guests than I I don't care what anybody else tells me. You lot, you're really good eggs. Before we get into it, remember that you can sign up to Patreon and get loads of extra content. Joining me on our Year in Horror Radio, we've got loads of video nasty stuff up, loads of extended chats, charts, chud, probably not chud yet, but you know, it's a good time. It's a good time over there, right? We're having a good time, are we? we having a good time? It's on www.patreon.com forward slash a year in horror. But for now, here is some sort of guest talking about some sort of film on some sort of podcast. Enjoy. the sequel. So your incredible, fresh-thinking, tense and violent original movie comes out in 1997. For the first sequel, 
You simply copy the first one, but you lead in with a bit of a backstory and an expanded universe. Works okay, but there is a notable drop-off from the first film in both quality and box office and rental takings. So for the second sequel, where do you go? A prequel, of course. And I think my number 10 choice shows us some of the best and some of the worst implications of taking that route. Because this tale, which takes a little bit of Orwellian menace and a whole lot of Kafka-esque bricks to build its foundations, feels as flimsy as some of the sets that are on display. We're kicking off this top 10, of course, with Cube Zero. Subject located... Here we go. No! And there you have it. Wow. It's like some kind of code we have to figure out. She's doing better than most. Half of them don't even notice the letters, let alone map them. Don't get involved. She doesn't stand a chance. Of course she has a chance. Yeah? You gonna ride in on your white horse and whisk her out? She's gonna die in there and she's probably innocent. What are you doing? You're not allowed in there. No! I'm inside. Who the hell are you? I've come to help. Okay, listen up. This is the letterboxed synopsis. Every nightmare has a beginning. Cube Zero is the third film in the trilogy, yet this time, instead of a film about people trapped in a deadly cube trying to get out, we see it from the eyes of someone who is controlling the cube and the torture of the victims inside. When the nerd can't stand to see a woman suffer, he enters the cube to try and save her. Really sorry about that synopsis. (laughs) It gives a lot of the film away. Uh, This film is difficult to talk about. I think if you watch this, you need a grounding of the other movies, or at least the first Cube movie. But before we go into a somewhat spoiler-free chat with Benjamin Bowles, I just want to defend this film a little, because memory serves, I don't think he was a fan. The acting here is suspect and the story is pretty hammy in places, but there is a real interesting take going on here regarding self-preservation. In this situation, would you act like Wynne or would you act like Dodd? Because I think by the time that both of them have actually grasped what's going on, it's way too late to resolve anything. This movie is really downbeat, especially with the ending linking up with the beginning of the first film as well. But as I say, we're not going to be spoiling this thing. I think it's best now that we just have a quick chat with Ben. He'll make sense of this nonsense, right? Excuse me, Mr. Jackson.
welcome back to the podcast. This is my number 10 pick, Cube Zero. Yeah. yeah. So, no, as I said, number 10, that's, that is interesting. That is interesting, Mr. Waller. I think it's only because 2004 is such a shit year for, for horror films. I don't know what it was like for regular films. I know the biggest film, most successful film that year was Shrek 2. Like to put your headspace, you know, in the, in that mm. place. But yeah, weird. Um, so you'd never come across Cube before. Um, had you even heard of it? Yeah. So you know, there's always, however many films or movies you watch, there's always a list where you think, "I can't believe I haven't seen that." And it's you know, ten to twenty films that essentially you really should see, but you just never have. And Cube, the original, was one of them. So I came into Cube Zero knowing very little. Initial thoughts, Ben? What did you think of such a weird film coming on the third film in this franchise? And I take it this was that you didn't like catch up with Cube 1 or 2. No. So I did a bit of research before and and I, and I read that uh, So the third one is actually better than the second one. And obviously the first one is, is you know, the classic. Yeah. So watching the third one, if people were saying that it was better than the second one, my word, the second one would have been poor because the third, <laughs> because the third one was dreadful. And I mean, <laughs> dreadful. Wow. Um, how? No, well, I just said, wow. Oh, <laughs> I thought you said how, and you want me to list everything. I mean, I can, um, <laughs> but it would be, um, yeah, it would be quite a short review, I think. Mate, that's brilliant. Okay, what made it really disappointing? Uh, the story, like, we'll get there, but what about the low budget? Did that affect you? Well, I probably should say at the start of this that it's... I couldn't have watched this actually at a worse time being 2021. Because if this was 2004, I'm seeing this with 17 years of films that have pretty much done the same thing. So nothing seemed new to me whatsoever. So that, so that's, um, I've, I've got my balanced head on. So I think that I'm maybe being slightly unfair in calling it dreadful, but that's probably a symptom of, of seeing it in 2021. What was your question? Like the budget of it, did that affect you? No, not really. I mean, I love a good low budget film. And I think there's something, if done well, it, it can be really fun to watch. If you sort of lean into the low budget feel of things and um, there's there's potentially some really good energy. And, and because of how low budget is, people are there for the right reasons. So everybody's on the same page. So, there's, so potentially, you know, a low budget indie film is right up my street. I love it. The trouble is with this kind of low budget is it needs to be a high budget in terms of effects and graphics. And once you don't have that, I suppose the best way to describe it is, and this is just sort of come to me now, Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. Now, that's so hokey that the graphics don't matter, because if you think of the spectrum of budget, especially nowadays, it's it looks pretty bad but it's so bad it looks good this is trying to be high budget on a low budget which just looks terrible so that took me out of it straight away i mean i could go on but i'll let you uh, i'll let you i'll let i'll let you i'm sort of question. with you because i watched yeah. this when it first came out 
and I was disappointed because it wasn't like part one and part two. Okay. Uh, there, there was too much backstory, and I didn't, I wasn't that convinced. But I'm, I'm I can live with that now. What yeah. got me was the lack of, like you mentioned there, that with a low budget, people tend to be there for the right reasons. There's a scene where uh, the character Win gets thrown against uh, a wall, and the wall wobbles. And that must have been picked up in shot. If I can see that, then that they must have known that when editing or, or you know, on the day filming. And instead of doing like, let's do this so it doesn't wobble the wall, <laughs> just do that. Yeah. Something as simple as that can really take you out of a moment, can really pull you out of like at least trying to get invested in this thing. Uh, and it's why, in my memory, I would have thought this was a top five film. And instantly my next watch is like, well, you're, you're down at number 10 now. Mm. So something like that really bugs me. Uh, these two characters, the main guys that you follow, Win mm. and Dodd, what did you oh, yeah. feel, feel about them? Did you, were you convinced at all? Well, the, the, the real tragedy is I didn't feel a thing. It, it was, I, I honestly, I couldn't care less whether they, they, lived or died and they were so wooden it was just so i don't know maybe i feel really i i never want to <laughs> i'm just saying this i was about the last five minutes literally slating a film and i never want to slate a film for the simple fact is you know i've made short films now nothing on on you know this budget or nothing this length however i do know how much work and how much blood sweat it is it goes into literally making the worst film possible so i'd never ever want to slate a film however if you are putting those blood sweat and tears into a project at least try and do no matter what budget you have you can write good characters that that doesn't cost money sure that's got nothing to do with budget that's down to honing your craft as as a writer and uh, and making the best story possible that actually doesn't cost money um and with these two protagonists, I just, I just couldn't give a shit. Honestly, I just, I didn't care whatsoever. There was nothing that grabbed me at all. So, if you're starting there, it's really, it's really difficult to come back from that. I mean, if, unless, unless, you know, if if the trade-off for a film is pretty hokey character development or character arcs, well then something else in the film needs to be brilliant to sort of carry that through to make it a watchable to make it a six a six and a half out of ten and that's entirely possible not you can't tick every single box for every single film but the trouble is if you're starting with terrible characters in my opinion terrible characters or boring characters and then everything backs that up with boringness is boringness a word why not why, why is it not I'm going to pattern that with boringness. It's just a boring film. And it just, it, it was, it was dull, mate. It was dull. I think because, as you mentioned earlier, since this has come out, if you never saw this when it came out, so many similar sort of games within a film, that sort of concept has come out. You need to survive this game or you're going to be dead by the end of the film. It's been done to death at this point. And it had already been done a lot at that point when it came out. But I remember watching this and when they couldn't remember 
past a certain time in their lives like that opened up so many possibilities well obviously you guys are you know you've been uh, injected with something by the man or or you know so your memories have been wiped for a reason uh, you know and this it really intrigued me and when i came back to it as i say there was that disappointment in none of that essentially matters what you've got now is like a an opening to the cube itself so let's talk just quickly about that before we wrap up the the actual concept of this cube um it's been used in tons of other films with uh, different ideas i particularly like a, a recent one called the platform which came out on netflix yeah um you know similar things to that do you like the idea of that cube itself as a as a sort of punishment device the, the the cube in itself i think is okay it's fine um you mentioned the platform that's really interesting because i i saw that a few months ago and really enjoyed it because i cared about what was the people in the contraption in the, on the platform in the cube so if i if i cared about the people in the cube i don't have a problem with the cube i didn't care about the people in the cube so the cube is sort of neither here nor there really Ben, it's an interesting one. Um, yeah, as I say, it's at my number 10. And if I watch it again in five years, I wonder if it would even get anywhere close. But then again, 2004, you know, it's tough pickings. Yeah, thanks for chatting with me, Ben. Thanks, Paul. And I'll never get that 90 minutes back, so I appreciate that. Norman Orenstein was tasked with composing the soundtrack. And whilst I could only find a short section of this online to listen to, I must admit that it's not that impressive. It's not something that I would have hunted out unless I was doing this podcast. It has a sore vibe about it when it's at its most menacing, but then maybe in places it also gets a bit too comedic in tone and traditionally French in tone as well. It is a weird hodgepodge of instrumentation and I'm not sure if it actually works. I think it's just a bit weird and it's not all that helpful when trying to add some gravitas to perhaps uh, a weekly scripted and low budget movie. 
if only the balance of comedy and tense horror was generated within the actual film itself. I think I will be thinking of this score with a much higher regard. The essence of this story, which in places I think it's really good. I think it's a really strong film in places. I just wish the score had been a little bit more cohesive, I guess. It takes you out of it. Now, I would imagine that we would know Norman Orenstein's music from his work on Dexter, that television series. And I think Dexter was actually really nuanced and thematically precise and tonally it was spot on. So it's clear that just a few years on from Cube Zero, he had pulled these ideas together in a far superior way. It's just for Cube Zero, I don't think Norman was there yet. And where can you find Cube Zero? Well... You can watch this for free on YouTube in the UK or on Plex. As for the USA, Pluto, Redbox, Tubi, Voodoo, Hoopla. There's a few others as well that I didn't mention there. They have it streaming for free. It's everywhere. As for podcasts, I found a couple and I only listened to one of them. The one I listened to is called It Came From A Basement. Uh, They covered Cube Zero in their April 2019 episode, and one that I haven't listened to, but looks alright, it's called Sequel Cast 2 and Friends. That is a podcast from July 2018. There you go, number 10 done. I told you 2004 wasn't up to much, didn't I? And once again, thank you so much for joining us on this chat about whatever it was that I was chatting about. As I mentioned, I'm in London right now. So yeah, I'm not here. I'm not a bot, but I'm just not here. If you want to contact me, shoot me an email over at ayearinhorror at gmail.com and whatever all the other podcasts tell you to do, then why not do it? I'm not particularly bothered right now. I'm just content with the fact that you're alive and hopefully you're all well. All you people that have made it to the end, you're amazing. Thank you. Paul, out.